Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. are going to be gone. You're done. No more arrows. And I was like, all right, fine. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to press into some of the things going on in society right now, culture, some of the anxiety and fears and uh, just, just chaos right now. Um, but I had this great message. I was going to speak on arrows, stones, and batons. Arrows are where warriors can't go. Stones are launched and become part of the landscape, and batons are passed, and it's through a process. Yeah, I was like excited. I was like, man, there's this whole thing happening with discipleship and the, the generational convergence here. I was like, this is great. And Nicole's like, no, no more arrows are going to be gone. I'm like, I get here today. I was like, the targets are still up. So, But I had already switched a message, and I felt like the Lord in this this week is, is there's so much going on. And I feel like the enemy, uh, there's a verse in John, John 10.10, 10, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and distract. <laughs> it says destroy. Enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But a lot of times through destruction, through his attempt to destroy, it's oftentimes through distraction. And there's so much distraction that happens in our life. There's so much fear. And let me just tell you, in the media world, fear sells. Fear sells, and, and negativity sells way more than positivity. Let me just let you know that if they pull you in with a story, you'll continue to try to go get that as a follow-up and figure out what's the update, what's happening next. How many of you have ever been lured in by a story and you get you got maybe that girl that disappeared or that person that did this or the, the Cleveland, th you know, all these different things that happen. Then all of a sudden you find yourself like, like you're just inundated and you're like, you're in. Anybody but me ever do that? Fear or anxiety or the negativity in itself begins to pull you in. And then all of a sudden you find yourself circling this drain of negativity because it's contagious. Uh, let, me, let me just say the later, latter part of that verse in John 10 says, But Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. See, Chloe, she goes to Troy Christian and this week they had a theologian come in and speaking to her class and doing Bible study all week through her. And, and she's been coming home at night. It's been really interesting to hear and and they've been talking about the validity of the Bible and how not only is it so accurate, it's scientifically proven, and it's the most scientifically proven fact of a manuscript in all of history. They've been studying it, and then they begin to study why did Jesus come to the earth? And, and some of those were all these different things, and Jesus came to, and one of them that she mentioned and came home one night, we're just, we're dialoguing and talking, is Jesus came to cancel the works of the enemy. So although he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, even if it's through distraction, but Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. See, we have this thing to where it's hard to be caught up in negativity and, and fear when God is so present in our lives because fear and love or fear and peace cannot coexist at the same time. I cannot live in this realm to where I have one, one side in the fence of, of, of fear and the other one I'm straddling and I'm in, I'm in peace. It, it doesn't coexist. And it says, but God's perfect love casts out what? All fear. His perfect love casts out all fear. So, but we're in this realm right now in our society. We have all this stuff going on with election year. You know, it was Super Tuesday. We got the coronavirus happening, the tornadoes in Nashville. It just felt like I reached a point of about midweek and I was overwhelmed with negativity. 
obviously lifting everybody and everything up in prayer. I don't want to diminish what is happening and who's been affected by some of these tragedies. But as a whole and as a nation, most of us have not been affected by the coronavirus. And, and I'm empathetic to those who have, but if you study in comparison to influenza, regular influenza, it's a fraction of the mortality rate, a fraction. So, but yet what the media does is they induce this fear, this panic, this anxiety, and all of a sudden we're no longer living in a realm of being still and knowing he's God. We're living in a realm of panic, fear, anxiety, chaos. And I just felt like we serve a God that calls himself the prince of what? Peace. We get to live in this realm of peace, and we get to bring peace wherever we go because he is a perfect peace zone. It's this, it's this thing, and it's crazy what's not reaching the media. Nicole, she's very passionate about health and wholeness, and that's, that's where she's grown just a huge passion the last year or two. And she posted on her Instagram today about some of the things. Did you know that there's actually a cure for the coronavirus? They're testing it, and it's been scientifically proven just in the last couple of weeks of oregano oil after taken with vitamin C after 20 minutes, there's no trace or sign of coronavirus anymore. Hallelujah. We don't see this in the media. We don't see these things that give us hope and encouragement and actually silence the fear and anxiety to know, wait, there's actually, there's actually hope in this. It's crazy to know what, that our, our, fight is not against flesh and, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood but principalities, rulers of this dark world. So if you think about some of this, let me, just, let me just go a little weird on you here. Let me go a little intercessory prophetic weird on you. Part of this, this, this virus initiated from a place in China, a city in China, where there's an abortion clinic that actually has a side company that releases vaccines from fetuses from the baby's lungs that were aborted. That was where coronavirus came from that's delivered through a respiratory um, uh, infection or a respiratory, that's how you catch it, but it's the vaccine of this place actually works from the lungs of the babies that were aborted. Every year there's an election year, there's typically a virus that's released and, and panic is strict, is, is, is strikes us and this anxiety and fear is, is, is here. Almost every presidential election year. If you think about some of this and you begin to process, oh wow, this is the enemy trying to distract. This is the enemy trying to induce panic and fear. And then all of a sudden, the stock market crashes because some of the first cases of coronavirus come. Economy's amazing. There's been breakthrough. There's all these things. But then, boom, one, one, one seed of fear begins to affect our entire economy. That's how the enemy wants to do it. And a lot of times, it, you know, he talks about how sneaky he is and like a lion and weeds and all this stuff that we know. He's, he's so distracting that oftentimes we don't even realize we've come into a realm of fear and anxiety and we're not living from the place of peace. I just want to come there. It's more of a teaching, kind of an encouragement. There's a verse in Proverbs, I'm sorry, in Philippians. I'll start here and then circle back around to it. Philippians, and, and I just, this is the style of message today. Paul is confronting the church that they too were caught up in a lot of negativity at this season. They too had some in, in, an anxiousness and anxiety and fear settling in. And Paul comes in and, and it's literally called Word of Encouragement. If your Bible gives you the subtitles or the titles of each chapter, chapter 4 in Philippians is called Words of Encouragement. And Paul comes around the 6th and 7th verse, and it says, he says this. He says, do not be anxious about anything. He says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. And it says, let your requests be known to God. Those are three powerful things. Amen. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. 
And then it goes on to say that you, your request be known to God. And then verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ. I think this is, this is so critical and so good. My, my, my study Bible says this under, the, under that section. It says this for those two verses. It says, prayer and peace are closely connected. One who entrusts God, uh, one who entrusts uh, crisis to Christ, instead of fretting over them, will experience the peace of God to guard them from nagging anxiety. It's talking about how peace and prayer are so closely connected that when I have a spiritual discipline of spending time with the Lord, in my word, worshiping, praising, praying, communicating, conversing, having communion with the Lord, having ministry unto the Lord, as, I, as he's my first ministry to Jesus unto the Lord, then all of a sudden I'm in a realm of peace. I'll get back to that peace beyond understanding. But let me go and, and finish the, the verse in Psalm 46.10. I referenced the first part, and I often do that, but I think it's sometimes key that we read on. I think a lot of times, you know, for instance, like the ones that says, wives, submit to your husbands. How many agree maybe we should read on sometimes? <laughs> All the sisters say amen. It's amazing that we'll quote one verse or, or first part of a, a verse and then leave out the rest. Well, Psalms 46.10, I'm guilty of. It goes on to say, it says, be still and know that I'm God. And then it says this, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, now this to me is, is, is really great because peace is a, is a, is a realm. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's a, something of a benefit of a, of a Christian with Christ in us because he's the prince of peace dwelling in me. I abide in him and he in me and, and all this stuff. And we bear fruit. One of the fruits that I get to walk in as a lifestyle, it's a heavenly realm of the shalom peace of heaven. Shalom peace of heaven is something that's, that's given. And it's peace that we mentioned earlier, peace beyond understanding. Now, now, how many of you have ever experienced a tangible peace come in in a bad situation that you can't explain it? I, I remember when my mom passed away, she was in hospice care, the bed was in the, the living room, we're all gathered around it. We really thought, even after death, she was going to be totally healed. And all of a sudden, that didn't happen, and a blanket of peace, literally a realm, a blanket of peace, like warmth, came in and covered us all. We've had that in our services. I'm sure you've had that as you're facing a crisis or a situation. And I know Lisa um, Queen lost her grandmother this week. And there's those times of tragedy and trauma and chaos that all of a sudden you'll begin to, to just trust in the Lord. And in that moment, peace just comes. That's peace beyond understanding. That's a heavenly realm. Well, then it's talking about be still and know he's God that I'll be exalted in the nations and on the earth. When I begin to walk in peace, the earth around me gets to change and experience that, that it's not just this destination that one day when I get to heaven, I'll experience that peace. No, it's actually heaven also gets into me that wherever I go becomes a peace zone because the Prince of Peace is with me. He's in me. He's around me. He's through me. Let, let, me, let me move on here. A couple weeks ago, I, I shared a story about Hadassah and and being in the hospital and ended up at Children's for a few days. And there was this 15 minutes of, of of chaos, this 15 minutes of, of just um, uncertainty about what, what was happening. We took her because she was paralyzed from the waist down. She couldn't feel her legs. She couldn't move her legs. They were mottled. They were pale. They were cold. We get to the hospital. They can't find pulses in her legs. What we call in the medical field is PMS, pulse motor sensory. She had nothing, zero on that scale. 
15 minutes there, I had no idea what was about to happen. And I had a choice in that moment whether or not I was going to trust in the Lord and live in peace or begin to become anxious and live in fear. And I remember this as a tangible choice. I remember the chaos. I remember that there was one particular doctor in that moment that was making it even worse, saying things like, oh, this is very bad. When, when a doctor's saying that out loud and the patient and the dad is right there, like, I don't like to hear those things. This could be terrible, he began to say. And, and I had that choice. And right there in that moment, and I know I preached a message a few weeks ago, drawing from those deep wells of worship, drawing and pulling from the places that were established long ago in that moment of, of maybe just neutral or good, where you're digging these wells of worship, digging this history with the Lord that later you can pull from when you've got nothing else. I remember that. But in that moment, I had this tangible choice, and I remember it being chaotic. And I remember thinking in my head, I'm going to trust in you, Lord. And I get my phone and I text the intercessory prayer group. I'm like, pray now, exclude Nicole. <laughs> Here's what's happening. But I remember that choice. Like we have a choice in this moment in time. We have a choice in our culture. We have a choice as we hear this media and this news. And, and maybe the battle you're facing is the battle that you're already won. We're given authority the things we love, the things we're passionate about. That's a whole other thing. Let me stick here. We trust in the Lord, and all of a sudden, he fights our battles. I, this, those of you, you know that my dad is in a political race right now for Miami County Commissioner. Publicly, Upper Room's not allowed to pick a favorite candidate. We're not allowed to support one. But my dad is in a political campaign right now <laughs> running for Miami County Commissioner. <laughs> Publicly, we cannot endorse anybody. But there's a lot of chaos, and it's gotten a little uglier than what we would have ever hoped for, and, and just some, some nastiness that you occasionally run into in campaigns and politics. And, and what we're finding is, like, I, I just I felt this anxiety, and even for me, I'm like, man, I can't wait for these two weeks to be over. This is terrible. And I could only imagine what my dad's going through as wanting just to better a community. And, and so I start up a text group Friday, and our family, I was like, hey, this is... This is just to encourage us, to encourage dad for this next week and a half. And I, I began to start this text group up and I started off with the verse, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And then it goes on to say, again, we, we, we sometimes leave off. Like, I love that part. But the next part goes into basically saying, no word that's spoken against you will, will, will grow fruit or amount to anything. It won't root. It won't mean anything. And then Amy brings up an old song and quotes an old song, let the Lord fight my battles. Victory, victory, shout. You begin to trust in the Lord as you begin to just spend time with him. Ask him into your hearts. Begin to, begin to rest and be reassured that he is God of the universe. He is God of, of Pakistan. He is God of Chile. He is God of America. He is God. He is Yahweh. He is good. He is faithful and true. He's the beginning and the end. He is the Prince of Peace. So we begin to face these trials in our lives or these chaos or these anxieties and this news. And I just, I reached a point this week. I was like, that's what I'm speaking on. Let, let me forward into more scripture here. Isaiah 55, 12. This is where that connection of peace in the nation and the earth begin to come alive. Isaiah 55, 12, the prophet says this. He says, for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. This is an invitation to live in a very adventurous, exciting life with the Lord. Here, here's, let me read that again. For you shall go out in joy 
and it says, and be led forth in peace. Now, now here's the thing. We talk about going, and it's kind of funny. I love um, the differences in the word and, and knowing when to be still and know he's God and then when to go. It says, go make disciples. The first shall be last. The last shall be first. Make up your mind, God. What do you want, us to go or us to be still? And it's this fun realm that when we go, we go with joy. We go in peace. We go from a place of rest. All of our going should always be in rest. So we're in this place to where he's saying go. But he says, when you go, he says, in your going. That's, that's how I, I interpret that verse in, in the New Testament. Go make disciples. In my going, we talked about this a few weeks ago or a couple months ago. In our going, we're making disciples because wherever we're going, we're bringing Christ with us. We're bringing his nature with us. We're bringing his healing power with us. We're bringing an atmosphere of heaven with us. It's in our going at the fire department. It's in my going at the grocery store. It's in my going at the restaurant. It's in my going in my home. I better never need a missionary to come in my home and minister to my kids or my wife. Now, I love missionaries. We, we're all about missions and going and going and sending people where we can't go or not called to go. I'm all about that. But what I'm saying is in my going where I'm called to go, my sphere of influence, my, my anointing, my purpose, your, your industry, your, your call at being mom in your home, or your call at being grandma, or your call at going to that grocery store at that moment at that time, or meeting that person on the street in that moment walking your dog, like that's in your going, you're making disciples. But here's the invitation, for you'll go out in joy and be led forth by, in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. When you go, there's an environment that changes, and a celebration breaks out, and there's joy, and there's peace, and there's singing, and there's glorifying the Lord. It says he'll be glorified in the nations and in the earth. How? How? We bring him with us. So what happens is no longer are we just waiting to get to heaven. It's an invitation for heaven to get in us, and actually atmospheres will be changed. Now, all of a sudden, we're bringing joy. We're bringing peace where we go. You, you should see um, our coffee time in the morning at the fire department. When you bring, you know, there's usually five, six, seven of us together at a time. When you bring that many passionate men, mostly A personalities together and extroverts together, there are all kinds of opinions and there's all kinds of chatter and talk and chaos and opinion and arguments and this and that. But all of a sudden, when somebody comes in with the Prince of Peace, it begins to shift something. Peter had a story in the Bible where he came in and there was so much presence. He was so full of Holy Spirit. There was so much power that somebody was healed in his shadow. I've come in literally to a room before, and, and I know some of you have these incredible stories where you come in and something shifts. There's an environment change. There's a peace change. There's a joy change. There's a hope level that changed because literally you just walked in the room because you brought Jesus. All of a sudden, the, the mountains and the trees, they begin to sing and rejoice and change and, and because the environment changes because you're bringing the Prince of Peace with you. Now suddenly that coffee area, that break room, or, or that Facebook, or whatever, looks totally different because now you're bringing change. You're bringing Christ into that problem to be, be the greatest solution. How many believe that? And all these problems we're hearing about, Jesus Christ is the greatest solution. His presence is what transforms nations, transforms hearts, transforms mindsets to where we're no longer looking at this virus or this issue or this, this tragedy as something that's bad. We're going to pray for Nashville that they're greater than they ever were before. 
We're going to, and it's not, we don't look at this thing even with the coronavirus and that nugget of connection to abortion as a punishment. We're not, I believe that sometimes the Lord's raising awareness to prevent it. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. I hate to get down the track. Well, well, New Orleans deserved it. It's a city of sin and they deserve Katrina. Oh, stop it. Forest fires and those things. Like we've got to get out of the mindset that God's punishing. He's a loving father. He uses things to the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What the enemy means for destruction, Genesis 50, 20, what the enemy means for destruction, God will use for good. Not all of this is God. We've got to quit blaming God. The insurances have a, have a policy disclaimer saying the God clause when it's a, a, a destruction or a natural disaster. It's called a God clause. We have been so trained in our theology to blame God for everything bad that happens. God did not cause that trauma to your daughter. God did not cause that trauma to you. Like, God didn't do that. That was sin that came from the nature of the enemy and Satan, not God. Let me, let me continue on here. Trusting in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. This would be really the key verse of today. And I am almost wrapping up. Actually, maybe not. I look at my new timer, and I'm like, i got to be wrapping up. So I just prophesied. I'm almost wrapping up. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Just so you know, I'm doing this as a guide. I'm just kind of testing it out because I've been edging into like that 45 minutes, 50 minutes, 55 minutes again when my goal was 30 to make more room for presence and worship. So we'll see how it goes. All right. We are not bound by a scheduled upper room. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Careful what you wish for. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your straight your paths. Now, now listen, lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Back to Philippians 4, 7, where this connects. It says, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, faith are the things hoped for, not seen. So all of a sudden, the heavenly realm is something that we don't have to explain. There is no explanation for a kidney happening the way it did Tuesday night. There's no explanation other than years of a waiting list, dialysis, failure, and within 24 hours, a perfectly healthy operating kidney. God expedited that. There is no, that's a miracle. That's something that was divine. That's an intervention that, that came in that was beyond explanation, beyond a, a knowledge, beyond wisdom, be, beyond being able to clarify with words. Like that's something. So here we say in, in Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on what we can explain with coronavirus. Don't lean on what we can explain with the presidential election or politics or the Dow crashing. Like, that, that's in of itself sometimes. But what we can explain and what I can rest in is the faith that, that it's what's hoped for, not seen, that God's good. That God's going to work this out. That God's already went before me. And I've got the greatest intercessor interceding on my behalf that sits next to the Father and his name's Jesus. And so do all of you. Like, I don't need to get wrapped around the axle. He's already went before me. He's already fighting your battle, and he's already won. He is victorious. He's already won your marriage. He's already won your addiction. He's already, all we got to do is submit and trust in the Lord. And we enter into this realm to bring peace and joy. And the environments around us change just because my heart changed when he came into it. 
Now I just cultivate that. I trust in the Lord and I get to start to get pulled over to these temptations to be negative or watch that news or watch this or dwell on this post on Facebook and this attack and what this person said and how this person doesn't like this at my job and how this one doesn't like this. Oh my goodness, it becomes so overwhelming if we pay attention to the fear of man and what we think that might happen and what ifs and if ifs, ands, and buts were candy and nuts, everybody be, every day be Christmas, right? God is good, no matter what. He's good, and, and he's already went before us. He's already went before your situation. Let me wrap this up. I've got some fun things here. I, uh, growing up, we had Reader's Digest in our bathroom, and, and, and I never liked it. I was like, man, that's so boring. Like, why do you read there anyway? Just do your business and get up and go. You've got stuff to do. Let's go. Let's get it done. But I was researching, like, stories about trust, and I was like, oh, Reader's Diet, oh, that's cool. There's a story about a CrossFit coach helping somebody when the, when the person trusted the coach, and then somebody trusted a spouse and led to some breakthrough, and somebody trusted a dog, and then they discovered something was on fire, or like a Lassie story, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm reading all these short stories. And then I get to this thing, said, the most trusted brands in America. I was like, now that's fun. So I'm going to read a few to you. This is Reader's Digest list of results of 5,000 Americans that are the most trusted brands. It has a point, I promise. So, most trusted soup, anybody? Campbell's. Campbell's. Most trusted juice, Tropicana. Now, I know why, though. I, I get this one, okay? Because uh, almost 20 years ago, I took Nicole to Orlando for a vacation with my mom and dad. And uh, I had this plan to take her up on a hot air balloon and propose to her. So I did. We, got propo- we were uh, engaged, and I proposed to her 2,000 feet in the air in a hot air balloon. It was really cool. And then all of a sudden, we landed. You just go where the wind takes you. land. There's these walkie-talkies and the vans following and trying to figure out where you're going to go. And then all of a sudden, we landed in Tropicana's Orange Orchard, just right there among all the trees. And they bring out, they take the, 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 the balloon in, and they put out these blankets, and they throw a party. And it was a lot of fun. So now that's why Tropicana is the best juice. <laughs> we were there. Okay, mouthwash, Listerine. Pet food, we might be a little biased in the Dayton area because we would probably pick Imes, but it's Purina. Air freshener, Glade, salad dressing, Kraft. Nicole would be like, these are like the unhealthy ones. Okay, Uh, hotel chain, Hilton, cruise line, Carnival, the only cruise I've been on, it was cool, so all right. Airline, it's where I fly, Southwest. We need to pray for them to come back to Dayton to make it more convenient for me. And Pam and Kirk. Cereal. Kellogg's, yes. And the last two uh, are pretty easy, very easy. Fast food chain. McDonald's. And any believer in the house who the best, most favorite, trusted uh, phone? iPhone. That's right. That's right. Right, Andrew? Yes. Wait, you switched over, didn't you? Are you still, are you iPhone now? Oh, okay. See, so iPhone. Yep. He didn't switch over. So Kelly <laughs> Kelly is uh, transitioning into our new administrator, and she does not have an iPhone, so I can't do those voice memos and some of the other things. I'm like, why are you not saved, healed, and delivered? You need a Sozo. You need an iPhone. So at any rate. So I, I, I want to know why. Why are they the most trusted? Why do we go to a brand and we stick with it? Um, I love Vans shoes because they're so comfortable. There's usually a why, and, and I came up with these four things. It's tried and true, it's dependable, 
it doesn't let you down. If you try it, it won't let you down. And then the fourth one is you get what you expect or beyond. You get what you expect or maybe even a little bit more than your expectations. So how does that connect to Jesus? Well, first off, first, tried and true. I've tasted and seen that he's good. He is tried and he is true. He's dependable. He's faithful and true. He is truth. The third thing is, he don't let you down. He says he'll never leave you, never forsake you. He never lets us down. And the last one is, he not only meets our expectation, he exceeds them. Ephesians 3.20, he does far exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine. So yes, can I trust in the Lord? Yes. Because he is the most trusted brand on this universe. He's the most trusted man on this universe. He's the most trusted solution to any problem we'll ever face. Why don't you stand with me? There's several stories in the Bible of those who trusted God, and the outcome ends really, really favorable. Then there's some that didn't trust God, and the outcome's not as favorable. Some of those that trusted God, in, in my mind, that stuck out was Gideon, or Moses, or Daniel in the lion's den, or Joseph, who was sold to slavery, thrown in a pit, falsely accused in prison. Joseph trusted the Lord and still ended up ruling and reigning under Pharaoh. You had David trusting the Lord in his battles and, and his fights. You had Paul, right? At Abraham being willing and trusting the Lord and being obedient to, to sacrifice Isaac. And then the one, one of my favorites for this particular example is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who wouldn't bow to a false god or the king, and they get thrown in a fiery furnace. And they, right before they say a prayer, basically like this, Lord, we know you can deliver us. We know you can get, get us through this. But no matter what, they said, we trust you. And then all of a sudden, there's a fourth man in the fire, and boom, it, it really impacts an entire nation because the king witnessed this, this phenomenon, this, this thing that happened that changed the environment. Then all of a sudden, trees and mountains begin to sing and begin to wave and lift their hands, right? Changing an environment. Then you have a few that didn't trust the Lord and kind of took things into their own hands, like Eve or Hagar or Lot's wife. One look back, boom, a pillar of salt. And you had Sarah. Sarah, who was promised a son of promise, Isaac, but took things in her own hand and ended up with an Ishmael, which was the seed of Islam. This is what things happen when we don't trust the Lord. Or, or the last one, Judas, you know, didn't trust Jesus, didn't trust the plan of, of what God and the Father had created. Let me just leave you with this. Fear and peace can't reside together. They cannot coexist. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, or some versions say, or timidity, but power, love, and what? Sound mind, wisdom, clarity. It's beyond that explanation. It's beyond what I can fathom and what I can explain. But God comes into a realm and creates peace beyond my understanding. He creates faith that's beyond my seeing. And his promises are yes and amen. Power. Like he not only promises us that he'll, he'll provide us power and empowerment of the Holy Spirit, but there's a comforting there and a guy. He says that I'm leaving, but somebody greater is coming. He'll comfort you. And he says, you know, he's the prince of peace, peace beyond understanding. And then we have power, love. God is love. Love, perfect love, casts out what? All fear. And then the last thing is wisdom. Sound mind, wisdom, clarity. Clarity, direction, knowing, knowing when to be still, knowing when to go, knowing where to go. I'd love to just close in prayer and begin to pray for some of the things. The, the first verse we read was with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. All of a sudden, it changes something inside of me. 
don't you just put your hands on your heart? And actually, one on your heart, one on your head. A lot of times, that's where the battles are. Lord, and let's just let's just begin to just let's let's just rebuke fear. Jesus came to cancel the works of the enemy. He came to to cancel the enemy's assignment. The enemy's assignment is fear and distraction and anxiety, but God's plan is perfect peace. So God, right now, we just rebuke fear in Jesus' name. We cast fear into the pits of hell. We cast fear in the bottom of the ocean, Lord. We cast anxiety there. We cast uh, chaos there. Lord, we just release your peace, your perfect peace that goes beyond explanation, beyond our understanding, beyond us even having the ability to fathom the complexity of the shalom peace of heaven. Let us go and let us rest both in peace. In our resting time, let, let us just be full of your peace. You're the Prince of Peace. And in our going, let us go with joy and peace and faith and hope, God. Let us hope beyond what we can see. Let us hope beyond what, what we can feel. Lord, let us enter a spiritual realm of, of the heavenlies, of your invitation, Lord, to bring heaven with us because it's inside us. You're inside us. You're with us. You're in us. You're around us. You're through us. Lord, we thank you for the alignment of heaven we can fulfill the assignment you